This show is brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Oh. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the, the moon. moon. That's right. If you're going to buy tickets on the moon or right here on Earth, you better use SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you purchase. And you won't get catfish. The tickets that mm. you buy are the tickets that you get. Mm. Not every platform and ticket brokerage place can say that. No. No, mm. not at all. They're selling fake tickets everywhere. Mm. You think you've bought a great ticket, and then you get there, what happens? Oh, you can't even get in the damn stadium. <laughs> oh. Despicable. SeatGeek sells tickets to all live events. We're not talking about just sports, although it is time to get some football tickets oh, and get yeah. out there and live a little bit this fall. They also sell tickets to comedians, mm -hmm. musicians, mm -hmm. plays, mm -hmm. everything that is a live event, SeatGeek has the best tickets for. And right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Yes. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first yes. order. Let's, let's use a little self-awareness. If we're one of the tech people, more successful people that are listening to this show strictly because of yesterday's announcement, and it's the first time you ever heard me speak into a microphone, <laughs> go ahead and use Pat. Get $10 off because you've already made it. To everybody else that is trying to become rich, go ahead and use McAfee. Get $20 off your first order because we need both promo codes to be cooking because that's good business with our friends at SeatGeek. You're alive, but are you living? Go live a little and experience something live with SeatGeek. Well, team, we did it. Today is August 8th, 2019, the day after a massive announcement for this little small business of ours. We've been flying all over the country, shaking a lot of hands, talking into a lot of microphones, in an attempt to hopefully find a proper direction for the next steps for this small business. And it all got pieced together within the last like month or so by the fine folks at CA. I gotta give I gotta give Michael Klein and David Cooden a lot of respect. Hey, hey let's give it up hey, for them. Hey. Michael Klein, as you know, Jewish correspondent for this podcast. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Uh, he came on and broke down the entire religion, basically, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. It was incredible. But uh, we are all so thankful and grateful. I, I speak for myself. The guys will chime in here in a second. But I'm so thankful to everybody that listens and follows. Like, we're about to really fucking go and have a great fall here. A lot of opportunity. So thankful for Westwood One and DAZN, ESPN and WWE for the faith in them. Nothing will change. All we're doing is adding potential opportunities for more magic. The live radio show will not affect the podcast. The live radio show will be on 40 stations across this beautiful country of ours. Where the pins that were on the map <laughs> in our announcement in the proper locations of where the stations actually are, nowhere near. Most of them were potentially in a different state. <laughs> that is because our geographic... Correspondent. Correspondent. <laughs> Zito put that map together, and although he potentially got all the words and cities spelled right because yep. he copy and pasted from Frank. Thanks, Frank. He guesstimated on where cities were, and we didn't catch it until literally this morning because we had to whip that video together within a few hours because the release date of all this news was going to be Monday. This upcoming Monday. And then the Hollywood Reporter wanted to break the news. Oh, oh. Hey, excuse me. Them. Hollywood Reporter. Wow. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack mm -hmm. yeah. from Titanic, mm -hmm. was on the cover of the book. Heard of him? Last week. He was there. It's a, it's a, it's a book. Yeah, book, magazine, periodical, you name it. It's hard copy though. Oh, that one's the hardcover. No, I don't know. Is it? No, I have no idea what you, it is. You can get you can get it in magazine form, but I'm sure there's a hardcover. It's paperback as well. most of the time. Anyways, <laughs> that thing, the Hollywood Reporter 
broke the news. Mm-hmm. Very nice lady who wrote that article. I got a chance to talk to her. They moved it up to Wednesday. So Foxy in the engine room and myself, we had to piece together the video for the release in a matter of hours. Because mm-hmm. we were negotiating all the way up until basically this whole thing oh, got yeah. released. Right. Negotiations were really happening. And it killed me to not be able to talk about it for the last couple of months. My phone would be blowing up with counters and this and this. And could you do this if this were these people? And I wasn't allowed to speak about any of it. I wasn't allowed to speak about any of it. Mummed. Mummed. Gagged. It's really not what I was going for. Oh, mom and gag. A gag gag order. order. Yeah, Mm -hmm. gag order. Yeah. Mum was the word. The attorneys were like, can't speak of this. You speak of this, potentially ruin everything. And also, we lose all leverage if you speak about it. (laughs) Yes. Is what they said. So I had to keep my mouth shut for the good of the team here. Appreciate it. Good of the team here. I had to do it. But I'll tell you what, it was very difficult whenever I had to speak into a microphone for hours at a time, not to just be like, oh, you should have heard this. Boys, we got some crazy shit happening. It would have been nice to be able to do that. But now that we're there, this upcoming fall is going to be incredible for us. We're very thankful, and we can't wait for you to enjoy the ride alongside of us, because without you, there's literally no chance any of this happens. And I very much understand that. We very much understand Mm -hmm. that. And uh, we're pumped up, and I think I think I speak for everybody when I say that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you, <laughs> if you look back two years, if you had told me this was going on right now, I'd be like, that's probably right because Pat's pretty awesome. <laughs> but, no, no, it's just incredible how fast it has happened. That's the whole thing. Like, no doubt, eventually you were destined for this, but to happen this fast, is we, pretty we, I think it's a big we thing though, because you got to remember, like Heartland Radio is getting a new studio as well. Sure, like, the us ten mm-hmm. people here in this building, twelve people in this building. We got a lot of people from different cities flying in to hopefully invest in us and help us do our thing, and it's 100% because the people that follow and listen to us. Well, it's kind of like when LeBron took his first Cavs team to the finals. (laughs) It's kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's how I look at it. Every, no, now, said, every now and then you get the ball, do something with it. No. I, <laughs> I said it earlier today. Uh, been here almost three years. I put my put my faith and trust in you. It's the best decision I've ever made. Uh, Diggs said, because um, I asked him how his parents felt about it. This is one of the first conversations Diggs uh, and I had after he quit his job mm-hmm. that he was doing well at and decided to move to Indianapolis to make content on the internet for Barstool at the time. Um he said, uh, I, told, I told my mom and dad that you don't really fail at anything. So yep. <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll figure this out, however we got to do it. And uh, to be honest, my parents were like, yeah, that's probably accurate. So here <laughs> Very we are. Very real thing. But I would like it to be known that I did feel a sense of um, pride that our group got a chance to get to a spot now where we're getting a push from companies, like real push. It feels like everybody we're going to work with right now really wants us to succeed. They really want it to work, and uh, I'm pretty excited and thankful for it all. I really am. Well, and that's what, like, just thinking about it is so cool. Like, everything we've done, we do it in such, like, a makeshift, kind of put it together at the last second, and it still, it always turns out okay, and now we actually have, like, all this nice equipment and all these, like, resources behind us, so I can only imagine where it's going to be. Our last thing we threw threw together that did well was the video announcing this all happening, and we had a... We had a situation in the middle of that <laughs> with the map. Let's assume let's assume that as we move forward, we'll have a little bit more resources yeah. to help us make more magic. <laughs> but nothing's changing. The podcast will still remain lawless. We will have to abide by FCC rules on the mm-hmm. radio. What does that mean? 
Uh, there's like the seven words you can't say, mm-hmm. that type of thing. There's a, there's some rules. Some rules. So just standard. Not lie with your neighbor. <laughs> that would be the commandments. I think the Ten Commandments yeah. are those ones, mm-hmm. which those do not play, by the way. So, <laughs> right. right. If you would like to cheat on your wife or whatever, Zito, uh, you can do that on radio. The FCC <laughs> does not mind, uh, but you cannot say uh, the word fuck on there. Nope. Right. You cannot allude to somebody being. Um, I think you can say words, but you can't use them in a negative fashion. Like who's the yeah. judge on that? We should probably have a class. <laughs> the FCC. Is. We should have a class in it because I know, like, uh, from when we did Bob and Tom a lot, like you could say yeah. the p word if you were calling Penis? someone that, like, is uh, don't be a p word, but you couldn't say. Um, that girl, you touched that girl's P word. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh. you, yeah. Same way with dick. You could call somebody don't a dick. Don't be a dick. Like, don't be a dick. But you couldn't say, uh, anyway, I was, yeah, I was looking at my dick. You know, you couldn't say it that way. <laughs> Are you? I think you had those backwards. I, I, when he was saying <laughs> no, it, it, I think you're allowed to describe it as a physical. Now, this is why we probably need it. <laughs> But I think I think you're allowed to do the physical, and you're not allowed to call somebody. No, really. No, you have to be anatomically correct. Like you, you have to say penis if you're referring to a dick. <laughs> oh, you can't have the you nickname can't use for the slang cuss word form of the word. Huh? But you can say "don't be a dick." That's why you hear all those. Can you say "pitch a tent"? Yes. Yeah, you can say dumb things from like sixth grade. <laughs> you can I say it very easily. You can definitely do that. I think the content of us learning what we can is also good. And yeah. we assume we're going to run into some hurdles here. We're going to run into some obstacles on track to this winning championship <laughs> we're about to run run through. Mm-hmm. The, the schedule is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Five days a week we're on DAZN and Westwood One. Five days a week. Ten to noon. Seven to nine, all the other time zones. I assume you have to do math for everything else. We apologize. I don't know if you're what yours is. Central time, I guess we're what? One hour behind, so. You get it. Yep. Mountain time? Two hours behind. Arizona time? Three hours behind. Hawaiian time? Because I'm building up quite a little friend mm-hmm. base out there. Six hours behind. Six? six? Yeah, what six. about if somebody wants to listen to us over there in Germany where DAZN has the NFL rights? Like seven six hours or seven ahead. hours ahead. And Japan. That's about eight That's hours tomorrow. Ahead. Sixteen hours ahead. I was gonna say Japan is much times more than two. <laughs> eight times two. Japan is Jeez. in the future. Wow. But Australia is like twenty three or twenty four. The zone is in Japan, mm-hmm. so we could potentially have a growing fan base in Japan. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of military in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of military in Germany. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Amen. It'd be nice to reach those folks. Domo. Be. Domo. Mirigato. Nope. Just Domo. Domo Rigato. Good song. That's thank you very much. Oh. What's up? Domo is thank you. Yeah, if you want to lay it on thick. Thank you very much. It's Domo Rogato. Oh, Mr. Roboto is a song. Yeah, that's the guy Mm -hmm. that did something good in the song. So Mm -hmm. they're thanking him. Yeah, Mr. Roboto is actually not a Japanese word. No. That's two. (laughs) (laughs) That changes a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Does it? You walk in over to Japanese people like Mr. Roboto. Uh, I'll take uh, sushi. Uh, I'll take one of them uh, sake bombs. Uh, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> You're trying to be so friendly. Don't do that on the show, though. I can't. On yeah. a radio show. We're trying to grow fans, not lose fans. I'll never do that. And I think the big thing about us is 
Um, we're going to be able to stay fresh because Monday, Tuesday, we do the radio show and podcast recording here in Indianapolis, plus a weekend wrap-up of the NFL for DAZN strictly out there. Um, podcast stays the same. We add one. But then we're going to be traveling for the Thursday night football games, and we're going to be doing the show remote on Wednesday and Thursday from where the Thursday night football games are in a box truck that was just purchased that's about to be decked out into a studio. <laughs> Hilarious. Which I can't wait for. Mm. Just doing the show out of the back of a box truck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be very, I guess, put well put together. Yes. Is what I'm being it's told. Be quite the mobile studio. By the powers that be, by the way. Right. This is what happens whenever you have a chance to have some real corporations get behind you here. It's like, yeah, we don't want to change you at all, but we would like to help you maybe be, <laughs> be a little bit more... You know, outfit you with the proper tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in a way, polish. I no did. more walking into a gunfight with a Swiss Army knife. Yes, because <laughs> yes. I couldn't believe how I was expecting some opposition from the other side of the fence on that mobile studio Same. situation, but they were way behind. It was almost like they were admitting, yes, ninety nine percent of radio stations are as small as your broom closet. Yeah. So, yes, we need you. If you if you make that, that would be awesome, and we'll help you. Yeah, I was it, pitching it wasn't um, – I mean, I'm going to be honest. When I was pitching the box truck idea, I expected it to not go well. Yes. And as soon as the words got out of my mouth, there was some detractors on mm-hmm. the conference call. And then once I started explaining it – uh, the smarter humans on the call started mm-hmm. really understanding what was going on. Then you saw the tide kind of turn, and it was almost like, uh, yeah, we should be making the box truck studio for everybody. Yeah, it kind of yeah. started coming around. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I went in there with zero confidence that that thing was getting backed out. But that's the type of thing that gets to happen. Like, If we want to go do something with the English Premier League, we are able to go do something with the English Premier League. Yep. If we want to go do something with the NFL directly through the DAZN Canada relationship, we can do that. If we want to go to Japanese baseball and potentially mm-hmm. make a debut in a – I don't know if they'll let me play. I mean, granted, we got to do a lot of mm. winning over in Japan for what happened in the past. But there's like – the access is to, to almost everything, and I think this is only going to help us, and we're very, very grateful, man. Very, very, very grateful. And if we didn't get the pin right on the map, like we apologize, we shouldn't have had Zito do that. <laughs> Sorry, Colorado. I'm so glad you don't do like the tornado warning map. And Utah, <laughs> and South Carolina, and uh, Buffalo. But I think I got it sort of right. You, you did. You were 800 miles wrong. <laughs> well, it didn't say not. It didn't say like uh, drawn to scale. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, He's right. He's right. If we put John to scale on it, they could sue us. You're right. But we what? didn't put it on there. You know, we should have put approximate. <laughs> that would have saved us a headache. So Zito didn't think that he could make the pins taller or shorter so that they didn't stack up on top of each other because you could make a pin. Basically, you could have three pins go to the same spot, just yeah. make them in three different lengths, and they yeah. could all stack on top of each other. Because Zito kept saying, oh, you're getting a little snug. <laughs> East Coast got it's getting a little, little stuffy. Snug. <laughs> Anyways, but Colorado's well by itself. We're at the point across, and we're very excited to be in your city. And if we're not in your city, go ahead and give a call to the local sports talk station. Request us. Uh, I guess that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I, in the DAZN simulcast, they're redoing this entire studio. Mm-hmm. So we have the truck, box truck studio. We have this studio. Uh, they're really making it as easy as possible for us to make some magic. And we're just excited. wait until you see these studios. Hey. Yeah. I mean, they hey. sent the renderings, the artist rendering over, first of all. 
I didn't even know you could do that and make it look real. I was like, somebody take a picture of a studio. Bro, it was like <laughs> they H- made it. It was like HGTV. Yeah, like on HGTV, HGTV. Whenever they're like, okay, we're gonna f- take this wall out, and they pop up like a three D illustrator animation mm-hmm. of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And I assume that was all done in post, and it was something that is impossible. This dude, in a twenty four hours, he he was in Incredible. here, looked around, kind of asked us all a couple questions to get to know us, and then boom, three D rendering of the studio it the next day. I'm like, what awesome, the fuck? How much money was this? <laughs> it's awesome. It is beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, people are gonna lose their minds. I did. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty excited <laughs> yeah, to be here. Really exciting. Then I fly uh, from directly after the Thursday night football game <laughs> directly to New York City <laughs> for get up with Greeny. Oh. I think for the first hour. Eight to nine, that's going to be an honor to get on that show on a regular basis. Big shout out to Greeny, pushing for that hard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, very thankful for him. He wanted me to be on there, and I'm excited and honored to be on there with him. I'm just going to be talking shit, but that's so much different than the live radio show, mm-hmm. which is so much different than the podcast, which is so much different than Thursday Night Football, which is so much different than the WWE content we make. That's why this particular deal that was negotiated by a lot of different corporations and the CAA, uh, Coonan and Klein team kind of putting it all together makes so much sense because it's not going to be monotonous. Mm-hmm. Because if it was going to be monotonous, there's no way I would have done it or survived. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Won't win with it. Can't win with it. I can win with this team, though, right here. Oh, this nice. Let's go. Appreciate hey. that. Hey, we can win with this room. Just not maps. We're not going to win uh, any cartography jobs. I won the geography bowl in eighth grade. I have the cup <laughs> at my house. Brought shame to them. Sorry. <laughs> you did. A lot of people question. I got fucking meteorologists from all these cities we're going to. <laughs> with their little blue check brigade. They're friends with probably the 10 to 12 time slot radio show hosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're always like, oh, this guy doesn't even know where our city is. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Nice. That's what we're, that was the initial lead off with the elitists of most cities that we were dropping into. But you know what, Zito? We did it. Fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> I don't give a goddamn if that meteorologist who's coming after Zito because his friend runs the show from 10 to 12, likes us or not, because no, no offense to them. No offense to meteorologists. A lot of offense to the city, probably, that we put it in the wrong yes, spot. Sorry. We apologize for that. Sorry. But, hey, if we're our best show we can be, mm-hmm. I'll be excited to see what shows can keep up with us. None. And that's None. all we're worried about. Nah, I think there's probably some greats out there who offer a very different style of show. But we're just going to try to make it a mental vacation for two hours every single day starting on September 9th Ooh. all the way through. And uh, that's the goal. We're just going to have a good time on there. Take some phone calls. Tone's phones. Tony Diggs is going to be running the goddamn phones. At Tone Diggs, by the way, with a Z. Good luck getting through. (laughs) Oh, you're a bouncer at a club? I'm the gatekeeper, my friend. (laughs) No bad bad calls. (laughs) No bad calls. That is something we learned with our serious show. Yeah. If you get a string of bad calls, it can really ruin the day. Mm -hmm. Saboteurs. I do feel like there was a potential couple shows sending in terrible callers to our show because (laughs) they knew we allowed a lot of people on the line. Mm -hmm. Tone, it's his job to kind of run the gate there. Start tweeting at Tone Diggs. If you're planning on being a regular caller, I think you should try to get in his good graces. Or just deliver magic when you're on the air because Diggs will be keeping score at home to see who gets through, I believe. I do accept bribes. Oh, you're Italian. Yeah. Good move. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? We interrupt this podcast celebration about a small business doing big things to let you know that if you're managing an NFL survival pool or NFL pick 'em pool this season, you are in Andrew Luck. Oh. oh. 
minus Andrew, you're in luck. You get yes. it. Here's the site you've been looking for, Balto. Ditch the Excel spreadsheet and track entry buy-ins right on the leaderboard. Customize rules, settings, and scorings in 30-plus different ways. And run your pool in the most efficient way yet. I know from experience hosting a pool is a time-consuming and thankless job. Really is. I pawned it off on Zito. Mm -hmm. Zito pawned it off on Ty. Ty pawned it off on Foxy. Mm -hmm. But this year, Foxy's going to be using our friends at Balto, mm -hmm. and it's going to change the game for this entire office. Balto makes it easy. And goddamn, the product is slick. Oh. Check it out. <laughs> Give it a look. Joe Montana. Yes. Heard, heard of oh, him? Yeah. Oh, legend. Stud. Ever heard of Joe Montana? Good arm. Great arm. Mm -hmm. Great hair. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Shoe game also solid. Great home, Don. Skechers, I think you were Skechers. Oh, he does, yeah, oh, shape does. up. All good for his back. Yeah, it's good for his back. Joe Montana is hosting an NFL Pick'em contest for this NFL season. The winner takes home 1000 American dollars. Okay. No! Okay. It's obviously nothing life-changing, but it's free to enter. So everyone listening here is playing for second place. You're crazy if you think I'm not getting in on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that Joe Montana crushed it as a QB calling the shots on the field. But what happens when he's got to call the shots off of the field? Well, Joe is hosting a pick'em competition on a brand new and shiny site called Balto. Here's the details on the pick'em. It's free to enter competition, and you're competing against Joe and the rest of the pool. The objective is to make five correct picks each week. Sounds easy, right? Here are the best two parts. It's free to enter, and the winner of the competition gets a thousand bucks. I'll see you guys there. Go to playbalto.com. Five correct picks each week mm -hmm. free to enter win a thousand and beat mr joseph montana why wouldn't you do it Sign why me wouldn't up. you do it why wouldn't you do there's it? no reason playbalto.com p-l-a-y-b-a-l-t-o.com i'm betting heavily on the winner being somebody in this room we're listening to the show guaranteed so Damn take right. that joe joe's going to be completely defeated at this thing yeah more like joe montana more like Joe Montan. No wins for you. <laughs> yeah. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Montana is the greatest tackler I've ever seen. <laughs> Good quote. Playbalto.com. We were on the same page. Hard Knocks was on the other evening. Mm -hmm. See, I can't wait until we have a live show, so we could have just went live this morning with mm -hmm. it as soon as we walked yep. in here. John Gruden doesn't seem to have the respect that he deserves over there. He's telling people things, and they're kind of talking back to him. It's kind of a give and take, but you can tell in Gruden's face, all he's thinking is, you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. He was talking yeah. to that Abram character who I know a lot of people said it was an awesome display by him, but you could put Zito out there in a T-shirt and in those shorts periods. Oh, I'm making plays. I, Zito could knock people out to the ground if he wanted to because nobody's expecting to get hit. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people like, oh, you love that guy who plays hard all the time. It's like, no, no, no. That, that is a guy that is not football intelligent because we don't need to be taking anybody out on your team, especially if they're not ready to get hit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm never ready to get hit. Anytime I get hit, I tear <laughs> something. So you would imagine that these elite athletes who aren't expecting to get speared in the middle of a short stroll are getting speared by people. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, man. I can't believe there wasn't a fight, though. Like, I think that Abrams guy is going to end up in a pretty big fight at some point, I would assume. He'd probably mature a little bit. But I was I was relatively bored with Hard Knocks the other evening. I can't wait for him to turn it up a little bit with a little HBO entertainment value. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very boring. 
interested to see. The best part of, I think, of Hard Knocks is when they get into camp battles and they do the perspective of two players who are battling for positions and the loser is definitely going to get cut. That's my favorite part. But Gruden looked like he like he was hesitant to fucking chew people out. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Well, that's not the Chucky I know. No, yeah. I want you to be fiery in there. That, I want you to like you were in the booth. And I guess back when you were a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah. Yeah, what happened? Nobody really had any respect. He got soft. His booth made him uh, soft. He did Whoa. have a pretty hard line, though, whenever he was like, hey, if they don't want to be here, get him the fuck off the team. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Coach Gruden back here? Yeah, yeah, he is. He, he's been listening to the show. He's waiting to come on. Hey, uh, Coach Gruden, uh, congratulations on another year collecting $10 million to be a head coach for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. <laughs> hey, appreciate that, Pat. Congrats with uh, all your news. Hopefully I'll uh, be able to come back throughout the season, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't normally like to bring up money, I mean, but last night on the episode, Jonathan Abram mentioned uh, – Cars money at a pretty high frequency there. Mm-hmm. Normally, you don't talk about people's money like yours and his. How are you going to handle the uh, Jonathan Abram character? Because he did talk back to you a little bit yeah, too. He, he he did, and I told. I mean, the, the kid's a pissant right now. There's really no other <laughs> way around it. You know, he'll learn. I, I told him. You know, he's 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 running his mouth. I said, "Listen, pal, you want to fucking practice or not?" You know, uh, I respect a guy out there who, you know, his helmet's flying to the football, but uh, don't be a horse's ass out there. I know you love him, but uh, stay away, you know, on the, when, when we're in shorts. How about the, speaking of horse's ass, did you see him riding on the uh, horse there in Napa Valley in wine country, your two first round draft picks? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. I mean, may, well, who knows, though? Maybe he could use a little sense getting kicked into his brain by one of those horses. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we're, we're about, you know, two weeks into camp, and I can't fucking stand the guy Jeez. already. <laughs> This is Coach. I didn't know you were just going to bury it, <laughs> Coach Gruden. That's all the stuff I wanted to say on the show, you know. Got left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Do you get final edit, Coach? Uh, you know, well, I tell you what. Those pencil pushers come in, and I tell them, listen, you know, if, if I don't like how I look, you better fucking re-edit the thing, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you look good or not, to be honest. Uh, Your opening speech was great, but we seen it on the internet before. Uh, we saw everything on the internet. Everything was leaked ahead everything. of time. The, the uh, hot air balloon with AB, the speech with his kids, Gruden's speech ahead of time, all of it, all the exciting stuff was already out there. So do you think maybe if you were going to be in charge of Hard Knocks, this year you would have done it differently or do you think HBO is going to make up for it with the second episode well just wait for week two I, I don't want to give anything away but uh, I did swing on McVeigh at the joint we're excited here life is good we can't wait to hopefully have a nice four month run here of making magic we can't thank you all enough we're incredibly grateful and uh, we're ready we are ready. Um, we're ready for it. We are ready to make this run. Hopefully, we'll survive. I mean, that's goal is me surviving through November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will be documenting this entire thing. We'll have a, a weekly documentary, basically, on life over here from the radio to the podcast to the traveling to Thursday night football games to the tailgates, the student sections, to everything the boys will be venturing into while I'm calling the game to the trip to New York City for Get Up to the podcast recording after the live show in New York City <laughs> where DeZone is going to be filtering me, and I quote, interesting elite humans which I have no idea what that means. If that means I'm getting Elon Musk, though, I can't <laughs> fucking <go. laughs> Basically, what the one producer said for the, the podcast recordings on Friday in New York City, uh, basically, Pat, we want you to kind of get vitamined up, and then we're just going to bring somebody in the room that you may have heard of or not heard of before, and they're going to be an interesting elite human. 
And I was like, what does that mean? They're like, like authors. I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. I fucking know all about authors. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And if it's a four minute conversation, if it goes terribly, that's good. And if you really dive in, that's good. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. They're like, we're thinking about bringing in like uh, preachers and pastors. Oh, that'd like, be awesome. I'm like, oh my God. They're like, yeah, we, we kind of want it to be like our gift to you almost. Like, <laughs> like at the end of the week, you just had a really long week. You get a chance to sit down. We'll make it comfortable. And then we just feed you something that is really going to be in your ballpark whenever you're all vitamined up. And I was like, sounds good to me, man. So <laughs> I assume that's going to be good footage behind the scenes when that guy walks in and I go, oh, what the yeah. fuck is this? And I look, at, I look over at Foxy or something. I'm like, does anybody know who this guy is? And then they say, Pat, this is blah, 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 author of like the some massive book. And I'm like, okay. And then watching me figure out how I'm supposed to act interested. I mean, that's going to be an interesting moment. It's, it's kind of like instead of doing research for the interview, your research is asking him questions and then fucking going along that wherever that takes you. I mm -hmm. feel that... That's whenever I do my best conversations, yes. I think, yeah, yeah. is when I know less about somebody mm -hmm. because my natural questions are going to pop up that most people probably have. But I do look like a jackass to that person's fan base, <laughs> which I have learned. Like we've done one of those things and somebody be like, oh, it was obvious the host did no research on you. It was like, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that is actually right. But I think every human I've ever talked to on this show, mm -hmm. I've come out on the other side being like, yeah. Yo, I, I'm a big fan of what that person does. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I like the human behind the whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think this next person you're about to hear is it going to be the exact same situation. You Google this guy, probably not great things. But after this conversation, you're going to be like, good for him. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, don't you, and I oh, think yeah. you help that person more because it's easy. It's easier to rally behind someone who's created something great uh, if you are a fan of them as a human being also. It's a little yeah. harder to just become a fan of person of a person just because of the product. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you when you do that and you're like, oh, this guy, oh yeah, he wrote some great books, but he's also like this really cool fucking dude to sit down and and tap into. They, they it builds their fan base. I would way quicker. I would assume that at some point we're gonna run into somebody that I hate, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. probably bound mm -hmm. to happen. Somebody, Safe bet. somebody that I can't crack. Somebody that while I'm talking to him, like. And it'll be very obvious on camera, by the way, and <laughs> audio, if I just can't stand somebody. I mean, it is very obvious. And you probably hear, but I'll start saying things that are very, very, very just sawing them down. And that'll be a good <laughs> podcast, too. Yeah, but I don't want, <laughs> I assume that'll happen at some point, but it hasn't. No. It mm -hmm. really hasn't. It feels like people really. Isn't uh -huh. that what you're really good at, though? Like, find the good in, like, most uh, people? Like, <laughs> I think what happens is, I think when people are talking to me, they feel as if that they're being interviewed by somebody who is much dumber than not dumber, but like like yeah. I don't really give a damn. Like I'm not going to judge somebody. Well, you right? see right. as a person too, right? Well, I think that's it. I think people know that I'm not going to judge them because I've been through some. I've done some very dumb things as well. Where with other people, you could potentially feel as if that person's looking down upon you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever. I I try my best to every human I meet not to do that at all, just because you know we're all humans. We all shit the same. You yeah. know, everybody takes their pants off, their cane around your ankles, and you got to squat down to poop. <laughs> everybody, no matter who you are, is in an awkward situation when you. Poop? Poop. Yeah. Everybody is the same exact person. Mm -hmm. Just some people are better at other things, and I think I try to carry that through everybody that I talk to. And I think it maybe, maybe it shines through. I don't know. People do tend to open up to me a little bit more though mm -hmm. than they should. I'd assume. Yeah, and it's not that they should, but they just then they would rather than they probably would usually probably quicker than they typically do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it makes for a better listen because just listen to someone do their shtick for forty five minutes. 
Correct. That wears out in like fucking five minutes. I hope me. we can do that with the radio show. That we don't know all the ins and outs yet of the in literally in to break out of break is what I was referring <laughs> to. There. I don't think we know all those. I think we're allowed to have floating breaks. Yeah, from what we've been told, we are. So that means I can have a twenty minute conversation with yes. somebody, a twenty minute mm-hmm. interview, while also talking about the topics of the right. day and taking other phone calls. Like I think the floating break thought really opens you up to a lot more because if it's if you're going into it knowing that it's only a ten minute conversation plus they have to plug whatever they're going to plug it's hard to get the person to open sure. up because all they're doing is just fluff 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 plug break yeah if i have a floating break in there which i'm not sure most sports talk shows do now serious does that's yeah. the only thing we really know mm-hmm. i think it's the only reason why i asked i was like can i float breaks mm-hmm. if i have to and they're mm-hmm. like yeah go ahead so i they said that originally i don't I don't know how it all Let's works. Let's help because that is a huge advantage for someone in interviews like you do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A podcaster. Right. Yes, it's a huge yes, advantage yes, to right. a podcaster that comes Great in. Great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think maybe that'll be the way that sports talk becomes back almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Not that sports talk is dying. I don't think sports talk is dying. Hopefully, I, I might have brought it back to life a little bit, but we definitely had to make it younger, I think. And mm-hmm. as a fan of talk radio and of talk shows on the radio, I'm excited to be that person to hopefully trailblazes a new style or format of uh, sports talk show yeah. where obviously it's sports we're going to talk about everything and hopefully the interviews we can get a more podcast like without saying penis yeah yeah in the right in the right terms yes correct. pitching a tent though yes <clears throat> I mean by who the FCC or me oh yeah, because I just might mute your, mute your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no pitching of tents, unless we're talking about actual camping. <laughs> Zito is so dumb. We interrupt this celebration once again to let you know that with their box of awesome, Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every single month. They test everything in the box of awesome themselves from styling grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Every product gets put through the ringer before it gets put inside a monthly box of awesome. (laughs) All right. Awesome. I would like to say that our lives have been awesome since the box of Awesome. awesome has arrived at our awesome, awesome office. office. We're all on the same page. <laughs> Pretty proud of us. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Oh, Already winning 25 bucks right there. Savings. <laughs> and right now, you can get an extra 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code Heartland, for 20% off your first box, which is already saving you 25 bucks per box. Yeah. It's awesome. The things that show up at our office are just... Awesome. They so really are. Describe it. That is a hilarious thought that they were trying to figure out, okay, what do we... Na- they probably brought in people like with 45 degrees, mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> uh, well, in the marketing world, we would like to call this an eclectic batch of uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then one guy who probably worked at Bespoke Post, fr- probably found Bespoke Post, or mm-hmm. a lady who founded Bespoke Post was like, uh, this is just a box of awesome shit, right? Can we just call it that? <laughs> <laughs> call it that? Bang, box of awesome. It is... It's deli- I mean, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We got a decanter out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Love a good decanter. Great. Really classes up the joint. Oh, we would never, ever buy that in a million years, but it's here, and I can't believe that we didn't have it here before. 
They think of things that you would never think of to make your life awesome. Boxofawesome.com, code Heartland, 20% off your first box. You should go and do it. Make your life a little bit more awesome. All right. (laughs) Zito's going to have a lot of opportunity on this show (laughs) just because it's live. So we need, we need, uh, Oh, my God. We do need a course. We need people to come in. Not that Zito would learn anything, though. He put Buffalo in Maine. (laughs) (laughs) Put Colorado Springs in Utah. I love wings, too. We need a giant laminated rule sheet right on his desk. Like Andy Reid's playbook. Yes. (laughs) Just Zito just sitting there. It's on my wrist. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Can't read, though. That's the problem. (laughs) This next guy taught people to read. That's a wild wild moment. Maybe we get him in here for Zito. That'd be great. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now was a Heisman finalist, a second overall pick in the NFL draft, a man whose life might have got off the tracks just a little bit, but has come all the way back. Now he's inspiring a nation, doing great things, renaming his legacy, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Leaf. Let's go. Well, what an intro- what an introduction. Well, you know, I, you you should probably get into media. I was thinking about it, and we'll talk yeah. about where I met you at a super media event. But I honestly, right before we went live there, I was going to go into Wikipedia to kind of get some stats and facts, and you told me not to use that because it's all bullshit. Do you hate the Wikipedia page for Ryan Leaf? I haven't looked at it that often, but I uh, I, I think I looked at it in the past. I just it, it can be randomly just commented on or, or by anybody so i don't know how truthful it really is uh so you probably should just come right to the source you got <laughs> well, that number right well i can respect that a lot let's chat about <laughs> it whenever i got to the college football seminar uh there was a lot of a lot of names there a lot of figureheads there a lot of people you've known about for a long time and then i walked outside after like the first little segment or whatever it's called and matt hasselbeck introduced me to a man he was like, hey, Pat, this is Ryan Leaf. And I was like, holy shit, this is Ryan Leaf right now. And then you got a chance, or I got a chance to sit by you during another segment and kind of chit-chat with you and learn a little bit about you. And I don't think I knew enough about you going into that weekend, but after hearing you speak to the group, your opening sentence was, five years ago, I was sitting in a jail cell serving 32 months in prison. And here I am today. Let's talk about this. Let's figure this out. I got that. That was quite a message you just dropped on my head for somebody that didn't know much about you. You, I dig, I dug into you a little bit. There was a 30 for 30, I believe. You were this incredible prospect of a football player. Your entire life growing up was professional football, the dream, the goal, everything you were supposed to do. Well, uh, being a professional athlete was, I, I didn't care what sport, right? I wanted to be Ryan Sandberg and, or, or actually play shortstop for the Cubbies and, and, and be the turn two uh, uh, battery like that. Or, or my favorite sport was basketball. So I just wanted to be a professional athlete. However, that, that, that worked. And so I, uh, I was far and away the best athlete in, in my hometown, which isn't saying much. I'm from uh, a small town called Great Falls, Montana. I'm the only Montana never drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. There are more first round draft picks in the Manning family than the whole state of Montana. (laughs) So I, I, uh, I I definitely had those ambitions and those goals. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know that was something that was going to be, I didn't know how difficult it was. 
And I just kept fighting for that and going to Washington State really helped propel that for me because I got to be coached by the best in the business when it comes to coaching quarterbacks and and uh, and get the opportunity. Uh, I just I just wasn't ready for what was about to happen or what you would consider the NFL pressure cooker. Were you a meathead? Were you arrogant? What, how would you describe yourself? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I was I was confident. But but knowing more about myself now, I was what I was. I was, I was an egomaniac with a self esteem problem. Mm. You know, I cared so much about what others thought, um, but I thought so highly of myself and what I did. Uh, I, I I wasn't capable of like you know living life on life's terms. I was really good at playing sports, but that was about it. I mean, you take me off the football field or the basketball court and try have me interact with others and be social and and do the right thing on that end of things. I was I was really bad at that. What, did you have an incredible jumper in basketball? What were you, a big white guy in the paint? What were you? Uh... No, I, I, could, I had a 36-inch vertical. I could fly. I could shoot from, from, from distance. I had good handles. Um, yeah, I, basketball was my game. But when I got to Washington State and I tried out for the basketball team, I, I found out pretty quick that, that I was going to be sitting on the bench <laughs> and, and uh, uh, not getting much playing time against the UCLA's of the world. Okay, so... You go to Washington State from being, I assume, a very large fish in a small pond in Montana. I would assume you've had attention and spotlight since you were very young, I'd assume. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom could never really figure out why everybody in our town would, and in our state really, would be talking about her son, right? And all eyes were on her son. She just never could really fully understand that. And so she was really worried about me and how I would be received and uh, interpreted and judged because she she got to see me on a daily basis and she saw how i how i handled life and 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 how i would i was super emotional and um and all the things and she was afraid that everybody else was going to see that and uh you know we kept it under wraps for a, a good portion of it but once you get to the nfl and that spotlight is as bright as it can be it you know, I was pretty well exposed. Well, before you get to the NFL, you have an incredible collegiate career. Obviously, led you to a Heisman finalist. Being in that conversation is something not a lot of humans have will ever receive. By the way, so that's an incredible thing. Then the draft comes up, right? You you put up remarkable numbers at Washington State. You're talked about being the next big thing, right? This guy is the next quarterback. It just so happens. You were also in the same draft class as a man named Peyton Manning. Uh, so the, a debate automatically starts ensuing on who the Colts will take first and who the Chargers will end up with. Both incredible quarterbacks that will be once-in-a-generation type talent. Did that type of pressure and conversation about to know that you're about to be very rich, you're about to have a lot of pressure put on you, you're being called this next great thing, is that when you really started to experience a change in your life or the way you were, or is it something that's just been evolving all along? Yeah, I didn't – I thought that was about right, you know, that I was, you know, either the first pick or the second pick in the NFL draft, that I was going to be successful. I had won championships at every level, right? I just assumed that it would play out in the same way. I worked really hard, but also things came to me pretty easy uh, in, in high school and in, in college and when I would play. So I, I, I think I just assumed it was going to be the same when I got to the NFL. It, it's a different world, right? It's it's the best athletes in this world. It's the 1% of the 1%, and it's really what you do from Sunday to Sunday. Not Because everybody who gets to this level is talented, They're just super talented. It's, it's what you do with the – and I battled the media and I battled my teammates and I didn't deal with failure well at all. Um, you know, Peyton led the, the league in interceptions his rookie year. I don't – there's no way I could have done that. I would have 
I would have absolutely imploded if I had led the league in interceptions. He saw it as simply an opportunity to do it better the next time. He just had this mentality moving forward, and he also led the broke the record for most touchdown passes as a rookie as well. So, I mean, he, he had the mentality. I had this uh, failure success like referendum around everything. Like either you were successful or you were a failure. There was no in-between, and there was no growing pains for me. And how I dealt with those failures is what ultimately ended my career in the NFL. Yeah, somebody just sent me a video of you <laughs> fucking – Letting a reporter in the locker room know, and like, <laughs> what, I didn't, I had never seen. Somebody just sent it to me literally this morning because they heard we were talking, and I was like, "Holy hell!" There's a lot of people that wish they could do that. It seemed yeah. like you were a person <laughs> that just kind of let it fly, and that's a that's an interesting. Is that the emotional side you're talking about whenever you talk about your mom and all this shit? Yeah, I mean, I was just that's how I reacted. Is is I tried to intimidate people and show them, you know, how big and strong and how much better I was than you because I was this big time football player. And there was this peon of a reporter in my eyes, the beat reporter who, you know, essentially kind of baited me with uh, um, an article he wrote the day before. And I was going to let him know who was in charge here. And uh, before the camera fully turned around, I picked him up and kind of threw him in the chair. (laughs) And I told him how it was. I sounded like just a petulant child. And it's embarrassing. Junior Seau rushes in and, and pulls me out and puts me in the shower to calm me down. And I just also kind of thought that would blow over, but viral videos had just started, and this was one of the first ones, and this would, would this would characterize me the rest of my life. I was talking to a reporter today doing some radio, and they said, you know, you had a history of yelling at a bunch of reporters, and I was like, it happened once, you know, and that's, <laughs> that carries with you, right? Yeah, for and it, sure. And it defined me for a long time. Also, I, I took no accountability for it. I still blame the damn reporter and, and everybody else around it. it. It was all everybody else's problem, not mine. Okay, so the way you're speaking, it sounds as if you've had like a full coming. I don't want to say it's, it sounds like a DMT thing, but it does. It sounds like you've had a wokeness in your life, a moment that has really made you reflect upon the human you were and the human you're going to be. What was that? Was there a rock bottom? Was it the prison sentence you got? Yeah. Like, how did that all come yeah. to be? Yeah, it was prison. And it, it wasn't initially prison, right? When I got to prison, I was just as miserable, if not more, than I'd ever been. What you go to jail uh, for? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a drug addict, and I was stealing pills from my community. And, really? uh, yeah, I got addicted to Vicodin through my orthopedic surgeries and used it to numb and take me away from the life that I was meant to live. Is that uh, while you were in the NFL? No, it happened afterwards. I wish I could blame my poor performance on a terrible drug. <laughs> <laughs> that was all natural. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I just, uh, when I got out, uh, I was I was dealing with mental health issues. I was dealing with clinical depression and then social anxiety disorder, and and um, I chose to self medicate rather than seek professional help. And because as a big strong football player, we don't we don't show vulnerability or or, or transparency. You know, we hide it and we deal with it. We back ourselves into a corner and we fight our way out. That's that's how it's always been. So I chose to deal with it on my own, and, and that placed me in a prison cell. Not not only emotionally, but ultimately at the end, uh, literally. And uh, and nothing changed. I got worse. I blamed everybody else. I took no accountability. And lucky for me, my roommate um, showed up. And he was a uh, Afghan-Iraqi war veteran who had served 
uh, in combat over there. And he had uh, done something that a lot of people had done in their lives. And that's drive drunk one night. And he just, he, he happened to kill somebody. And he had been in there since he was about 23 years old. And I watched him every day, just try to better himself. Uh, he made amends for what he did. And he wasn't resolute with being this version of who he was. And I, I didn't get it. I thought he was stupid and this wasn't going to help or anything like that. And finally, one day he was comfortable enough, I guess, to confront me on it and just simply said, I didn't understand the value that I had, not only the men in there, but, but for when I got out and, uh, he suggested we go down to the prison library and help prisoners learn how to read who didn't know how to. And I've had many of those, you know, come to Jesus moments in my life, coaches, mentors, people. And I just pretty much told them all to fuck off the whole time. And, uh, I can't tell you why in this moment I, I, I did it. I, I went down there. I, I went begrudgingly. I remember walking down the hallway in my red jumpsuit thinking this is stupid. This isn't going to help. And doesn't he know how important I am? You know, the, the guy in a red jumpsuit in a prison still thinks that about himself. That's, <laughs> that's the egomaniac part uh, of what I was still living. So I went and I walked into a room where there were men uh, in a place where you're not supposed to show any vulnerability, be completely vulnerable and say, hey, I, I can't read. Can you help me? And I couldn't believe it because I think it's probably the first time I'd ever heard a, a man actually say, hey, I, I need help. Can you help me? I, I don't think I'd ever heard that before in my life. And so it, it, it quickly made me think of things a lot differently. And I continued to go back because it doesn't change if you if you don't keep it up. Like if you just go once and don't do it again, that's not ever going to change. It's like practice. So I continued to go. And before I knew it, uh, I come to realize that I was being of service to another human being for the first time in my life. First time. I used to think by playing football and Saturdays and Sundays, I was being a service to, to people. That's just stupid. And, uh, and no one was watching this, right? The media didn't know I was doing this. It wasn't about branding or marketing or any bullshit like that. This was just two guys that were dealing with a ton of adversity, helping one another out. And I continued to do it for months and months and months. And finally, uh, I realized that it was going to have to be the foundation of who I was when I got out. So that's your, that's your moment. And I didn't know it was happening as it happened then seven years from removed from it i can look back on it and go okay oh yeah that that's the moment when i that selfless nature uh started to become a reality in my life first of all awesome just want to let you know absolutely awesome that that happened and that you had this full wokeness about yourself and how you're much more than just a business proposition for a lot of people which is probably how you felt whenever everything you did just revolved around business decisions right branding you mentioned saturdays and sundays it's all business everything's business this is the first time you had a genuine moment with somebody you didn't think they wanted something from you either other than your help which is probably a cool thing for you to reach inside with that being said what type of teacher were you were you a, were you a hard ass teacher like did you were you like, well, I it's hard to teach people. To, you take it for granted when you were young and learned how to read. So then trying to teach somebody phonically and like uh, understand how to say a word or actually read a word when they say it, they they could under they understood what it was. If you t if you said the word to them, they know what it is. But when then looking at it on a page, they, it was really difficult. So I had to kind of relearn how I taught. And I was I will say it. I I became a a, a very compassionate educator when it came to doing that uh, awesome. and not like a a uh, coach uh, in coach speak where you get on top of people or get, you know, get in their business about not doing something because the moment you shame them at all in an environment like that, it's over, it's over, it's defensive nature and it's, and they won't come back. So that, that took me, that took me quite a bit of time to learn how to do it the appropriate way. And I think it really helped me for when I got out 
and I started working with people in recovery and, and doing other things outside of that and how I interact with individuals uh, and, and, and understand. That's amazing, man. That really is. You said, you said on the stage uh, at the college football seminar, you said on the stage to the room, I was probably a gigantic asshole to most of you, and I apologize for that. Let me hopefully regain your trust or something, friendship or something like that. Is it crazy to think that you are a massive asshole in your own words to a lot of people, and then you teaching somebody an elementary thing, being like the most compassionate human on earth, is probably what you're going to be remembered for in the end of everything? Well, I hope so. I think that I think that's... You know that's part of the program, right? Is 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 being, is taking some personal accountability for, for who you were. That's what, that's what accountability is. Is is taking ownership in what you did, regardless of what anybody else. You know, maybe some of those reporters in that room that I dealt with 20 years ago were dicks to me too. But what can I do about? That? I mean, you know, I, I just make things worse by by being a dick to them in, in in response. So, you know, only thing I can control is how I react. And that was a perfect opportunity for me to make some amends to. To individuals that I may have wronged, regardless of how they treated me or talked about me or anything like that, that was my opportunity, and that was my chance to be part of the solution and 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 do my part in this. And I think that's the coolest thing about all of this, that we can break it down as simply as we can. We, you and I, everybody else, we have the power in any choice we make to deal with something in a positive and healthy way or make it worse, which is what a lot of us usually do. That's incredible. You're an inspiration, bro. This is a really cool <laughs> thing. This is a really, really cool thing. Can you still throw the ball at all? Can you still throw? I can, yeah, I can whip that thing around still. I know that'll never change. <laughs> really? You still got yeah. it. How about your jumper? Can you can you still shoot? Yeah, I can still shoot. I can't jump though. Anymore. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I dunked it the other day still, so I guess, but not like I used to. I used to be able to fly. Do you reminisce? I used to win. I used to win duck contests, man. It was it was that good. Stuff. White guy won a dunk contest. That's in Montana. <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was down in Florida. Yeah, this was down in, with with Clyde Drexler and those guys watching me and judging me. I still I still got that stuff. You don't uh, obviously now is a time where you have to have a rear view mirror because you have to reflect on what got you to where you are right now and the human you are. Do you ever think about like? Do you hate Peyton Manning? Like, do you wish? I, do you wish you like if you had this mindset now? Whenever you were playing, I would assume it'd be a whole different ball game. And then Peyton Manning is ultimately the person that is always compared to your story. Always, they're like, remember when the right. thought was Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning? Do you have any? It sounds like you've come to peace with anything, but for a, for a period of time in your life, did you hate Peyton Manning? You know, he's a guy that I probably could have resented a lot, but I, I tell you what. Uh, Peyton and I have known each other for 22 years. We started talking to each other when we were in, in college, our final years, because I think we knew where, where things were headed. And, uh, and we remained close. And my career did not go the way I expected it to. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to compete against him in the AFC for years and years to come. You know, we were going to play in AFC championships against each other. That's what I was expecting. So I don't have any ill will towards him at all because he did it about as right as you could as a, as a player. And he's been actually very – he's been a, a pretty special person in my life. He, he was – a lot of people left my life when things got bad, right? When I went to prison, you figure out who your friends are. And his family not only reached out to mine, but he did personally in, in the form of writing me a letter while I was in prison. So 
we stay in contact now. And what's ironic about the whole situation is no matter how up and down my last 22 years have been and how meteoric his has been and where he's at right now, we're both pretty much at the same places in our lives where we have a family, we like who we see in the mirror, we're doing the things we want to do. We're both employees of ESPN now, apparently. <laughs> so I, I think it's a little ironic, but it will show people, no matter how up and down your life is, you can always get up and you can always start over and you can always be in a place of peace and understanding. And and I, 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 I take solace in that, that 22 years later, regardless of the career he had or the career I had, we're both these flawed human beings trying to be better now moving forward, regardless of being a Hall of Fame quarterback or not. And I, you know, I take solace in that and I, and, and I'm proud of him and I, I'm okay with me. So that's, that, that's what makes it all right. Well, I'm proud of you, bub. I'm proud of <laughs> Thanks, Pey- bub. I'm proud of Peyton as well, by the way, that is such a Peyton Manning move. To well, he be- got you a ring, didn't he? No, no we, we lost. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Brees. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're teammates, though. We had a good time, a good guy. But that is a very Peyton Manning move to be like, it is. go above and beyond to be like, hey, even though I am a robot of an individual when it comes to football, I am a complete robot. Everything has to be exact. Boom, boom, boom. I I also take a lot of pride in being a good human. Writing you a letter. Do you still have that letter? Uh, I Probably not. I was not in a good place. I think oh, fuck. Of, I wish you would have been every, teaching every, people how to read <laughs> whenever you got that, because that would have been a cool thing to keep it was, around. It was early on, and uh, my roommate watched me do it every day. Mail would come, and I, would, I wouldn't I would even open it. I would just rip it up and tear it up and throw it in the trash. I was so sick. I was so depressed. I was so self-loathing and angry. Um, the worst possible version of myself was what the first 26 months of that 32-month sentence looked like look like what is that called whenever you have to come off of uh withdrawals withdrawals did you have bad withdrawals and i never understood how they put drug addicts in jail and then whenever you see on like uh for the intervention show on a and e when somebody's going through withdrawals it is a terrible thing and then i think about people who are imprisoned that are going through withdrawal did you have that situation that happened yeah it was it was difficult um it was more psychological for me i was more fearful of the actual anxiety around being in withdrawal i, I don't really remember it too much it was it took a couple of days i was in solitary confinement when i first went in because i was just so out of it and saying you know, terrible things like uh, wanting to harm myself. And so, I mean, I was, I was as mentally ill as you can, can imagine. I was insane. So uh, I don't remember it being as bad as it probably can be. I also didn't graduate to the next level of like heroin and things like that. I was Got still, it. you know, taking Vicodin at night just to help me sleep. But it was, it was such an addiction that I had to break into people's houses to get it. So, I mean, it was just the same as somebody who was using heroin. I just hadn't gotten to that point yet. Because uh, I didn't know a drug dealer, I was using my hometown as a as a pharmacy of sorts. So um, it wasn't as bad as it probably could have been. But I also don't know uh, how much I truly remember about that first week uh, in, in jail. Well, we're all happy that you've come out the other side a much better human. I mean, that's awesome. I got. We re- all are. You guys are. <laughs> No, we all are. Yeah. I think the whole world is happy that you come out the other side. I mean, maybe not the lady that you stole her Vicodin so you can sleep. But yeah. 
I had to probably apologize to her. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you've become a, an incredible human. Uh, and listening to you speak at the seminar, and you're getting back into the sports world. It's like the football world is welcoming you back in. That has to be a pretty special come full circle moment for you as well, right? I mean, you're going to be calling games, and uh, now you have a talk show every day. I mean, this is a pretty cool thing for you. No, it is. I mean, it's this is we we put this in motion about you know four years ago. My my wife and I kind of. She asked me what I wanted to do, you know, like you, I, my foundation is based in recovery and, and being of service to others, but you also have dreams and goals. A lot of times you get, and it, it's what, what sent me sideways before my identity was a football player. Now my identity didn't need to be a guy who's, you know, uh, in recovery. I can have these goals and dreams also and, and accomplish those. So we set out to do that and we're in a position now where you're right. You know, who would have thought? Five years ago, as I was sitting in a prison cell, that I would now be working for ESPN and the Disney Corporation. And hey, me too, uh, man. I, I right? Mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's how did how did I how did I pass the background check? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's on Wikipedia, man. <laughs> I was waiting. I was just waiting for. Like, I called my agent and was like, "Hey, they know who they're hiring, right?" And he said, "Yes." I'm like, "It's not going to land on like the eighth person who works for HR." And he looks at it and goes. Whoa, what? no, we can't hire this dude. <laughs> so I was waiting for that to all play out. It, you know, just a ton of gratitude. Um, I get to call college football games, travel over the all over the country and do that. Um, be with my family. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm, amazing things happen for me when I do the next right thing. That's that's not lost on me. And I'm not oh, going to take this line. for granted, you know, because um, when I don't, when I make poor decisions and not do the next right thing, my life is a dumpster fire. I go to prison. So it's completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. But when I do the next right thing, like amazing things happen for me. Not just run of the mill, okay, life in general, normal, but like amazing things if, I, if I'm willing to work hard and, and do the next right thing. So I don't take any of that for granted. I think you're going to do great, too. I was sitting next to you whenever we were sitting through a, a couple-hour analyst um, lecture on how to be better analysts. And listening to you say a couple of things, I think you're going to be good. Because I think what is forgotten is how dominant of a quarterback you were in college football, at least, you know? I think that can kind of get forgotten in the mix. So listening to you say stuff about quarterbacks and a certain play and thing, like behind the scenes there, nobody else really say I was sitting next to you. I think it's going to be fun to listen to you kind of get back into the game a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited because I think I think that's truthful too, right? Um, you know, when I go speak to uh, – I'm, I'm on my campus tour right now. I spoke to Toledo Monday night. I'm speaking, spoke to Maryland last night. I'm at Texas A&M tomorrow and Clemson on, on Friday. And I think a lot of people assume when I go into those things, I'm, I'm telling them what not to do, right? Like if you split my life into uh, success and, and failure, like to get where I got, 85% of my life is like a lot of success. And then there was this failure at the highest level that gets – played to the point of like, well, that's the story. And that, that isn't it. And these young men that I'm talking to are exactly where I was 22 years ago, sitting in a chair. Uh, and that's why I think the story is so impactful. And I think it's why the coaches continue to ask me to come out and do it. And I, I really feel uh, a part of the, the college football landscape when I get to do stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. And now a reading by Zeta. Thank you, Pat. Does your furniture bring you joy? Or are you missing a couch or chair that says, this is my home? 
I just can't. I mean, as soon as he starts reading, it sounds like he's fighting the words. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have a new approach. I'm slowing down. Oh. Are you? Yeah. All right. Okay. I like what you're doing. Look at this, by the way, because we are trying to get you better at this mm. yeah. so mm. that you can read at the wedding. Remember, that was the initial goal. Somewhere initial. we got lost. <laughs> Somewhere we got lost. You got worse. But now you're really starting to take a, a new strategy. I'm, I'm happy for you. We're yeah. two sentences in. You're not bad. Thank you. From the top. Come on. No, I said from the top, probably. When we start from the top? Pat? <laughs> well, I couldn't remember what the first sentence was, so I don't want the listeners not to remember what the first sentence is. Does your furniture bring you joy? Or are you missing a couch, a chair? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It started so good. The first one was so good. But we already knew the second sentence. That's why Diggs did that. <laughs> There's no way that you could have started that smooth again. That's why Diggs did that to you. <laughs> me done. It's unbelievable. That's Let's, like whenever you get to a level and you don't save oh, and you have to get back to the level yeah. again. That's what just happened there. It's all right. It was early. We can get back to sentence three. We're going to sentence three now? No, I think you start from the top. Okay. Does your furniture bring you joy? Or are you missing a couch or chair that says, this is my home? Oh, nice. nice. That was great. We all want a haven, a place that feels uniquely to you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Joy... Oh, Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy. Oh, really? I'm going to talk about my home and what it means to me. Please do. My home means a lot to me. How and much? A lot. It means a lot to me. And I have Joybird furniture in my house. Is that why your home means a lot to you? Because of the Joybird furniture? Or is it It's very the- homely. Is it? Oh, yeah. Homely. Okay, so Joybird Furniture makes your home, your house, yes, disgusting house, yes, the pub. Some would call it a shanty. Mm-hmm. Mm. It makes it a home because the Joybird Furniture is there. Is so homely. Exactly. That's incredible. I'm happy to hear that it's about. The I wish I could have said that. With Joybird, you get one of a kind furniture crafted to your unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options. Do you want a sofa in an aquatic blue or indigo? Wow. Aquatic. That was a hard one. Hey, those being options, incredible. You getting through that sentence, (laughs) unbelievable. Thank you. No problem. Love seat in the hottest red, an inviting coral, or even a bubblegum pink? Oh, I thought about it. I'm enticed. Options. If you could dream it, Joybird can make it a reality. Wow. That's a good line. (laughs) Joybird offers a range of a kid and pet-friendly upholstery, Options so that your creations can stand the test of time. Nailed it. Really smooth on that one. Free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Quality handcrafted furniture. (laughs) What was the ho hum in the middle of the sentence? (laughs) It was a bullet point. I'm not good at bullet points. You know, there's like, uh, you know, they tell the story of rappers where they record one line at a time. Some Uh rappers go in the... And there's one time at a time. A millet, a millet. That's good. No, I think he goes all the way through, but yeah. there's some people that just sing one line at a time and then yeah. they reboot, sing the next line. It's that's not like, monotonous. Well, it's kind of how Zito reads these. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he reads it and then he looks up at you like a fucking puppy dog. Yeah, he looks to the, to the crowd for approval. Yeah. yeah. This has been your best one yet. Let's see if you can bring it home for Joybird. Thank you. Take the party outside with their unique outdoor collection. Beautiful uh, selection of outdoor sofas, lounge chairs, tables, and more. Made from durable, rust proof aluminum. Natural wood and even bamboo. Wow. wow. 
365-day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. Sit on it, sleep on it, and break it in. If you don't love your joy bird, return for a full re- refund. Oh, really? Right. I was going to say refried. We were talking have you about. and Ryan Leaf been working together? We have. It feels we talked like to him for a little bit. It feels like you potentially have been. Yeah. yeah. Proud of you. He's, Has- oh, he's proud of you, too. Thank you. 365-day trial is insane. Yes. It is. For furniture. Nothing to cough at there. Hassle-free in home delivery. They'll even remove all the pack of material. Free returns within two weeks of delivery. It's insane. Yeah. I'm going to call some action here. Please do. <laughs> See how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy today at joybird.com backslash front slash McAfee. <laughs> front slash. Forward. A front slash is in hockey. <laughs> It's a forward slash. Let me read. Let me go from the top there. No, no. <laughs> the yeah. top of the action that you're calling. Right? Okay, I'm calling back to the action. <clears throat> Sorry, I have something in my throat. See how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy today at joybird.com forward slash McAfee. Now we're talking. I repeat, forward slash McAfee. Create the furniture that brings you the joy today at joybird.com forward slash McAfee. Go to joybird.com forward slash McAfee and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off. Oh, oh. oh, sorry. Your first order by using the code McAfee. That's incredible. 25% off. Great reading by you. That was your best one yet. Honestly, it was your best one yet. You you stumbled through a couple. You don't really have the confidence to go from one sentence to the next, but (laughs) it was absolutely incredible. Just like, just like the joy bird furniture that we have in this office, they have in the pub, Mm -hmm. get a chance to design your magical furniture that makes your house a home. Um, Happy. We had this guy in our home earlier. Rest of the conversation with Mr. Ryan leaf. Uh, The guys here. Very intrigued whenever I said Ryan Leaf was coming on the show. They all have some questions. Is it all right if we do uh, a little around the room question here? Yeah, let's do a little Q&A. Hey, that's what we're talking about. Hey, a little Q&A yeah. here. Yeah. I can sling it too, by the way. I'm retired. I can still <laughs> sling it. I can still sling it. Just in case you're wondering, perfect passer rating Thanksgiving Day games. No big deal. Uh, go ahead, boys. Hey, Ryan, uh, who's your favorite modern-day athlete to watch? Who do you enjoy watching? Um. Tiger Woods uh, still just has been the guy. I'm a golf. I love golf, um, but he's just he's a guy that just if he's on right, you turn the television on to watch him. Um, probably football uh, landscape. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's he's a guy that that you know plays the position is as good as anybody else. Uh, kind of like how he conducts himself and things like that. And, but you know, Tiger Woods is a modern day athlete. I just infatuated with him because i love golf so much i know how damn hard it is and to watch him do it and be successful especially this last year has been pretty cool do you have a handicap six. Oh, so you're a real good golfer <laughs> yeah. you spend a lot of time golfing I, I i i try but uh i got a 22 month old at home so i don't get out on the golf courses quite as often as i used to that makes sense i respect yep. that by the way six is a hell of a handicap uh ryan i asked the same thing to maurice Corrette who also had hell of a redemption story. Um, right. When you went to prison, did just like the, the documentary, The Longest Yard, did they recruit you to play for the football team? <laughs> it was like the first week I was there, and a guy on the cell block came up and said, hey, will you come outside? Uh, we play flag football. And I was like, I don't know what I was thinking or what I was. I went out. Yes, I went out. Uh, I was all-time quarterback, but it was – 
strange, right? All of a sudden, I could hear the walkie-talkies squir- uh, squawking and the guards talking about, Leafs out here throwing the football. And <laughs> guards were coming around to watch. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing there in this red jumpsuit surrounded by barbed wire on just, just god-awful dirt looking at the mountains I used to hunt in as a kid and absolutely just just a deep dive in depression just like you wouldn't believe and I, after we were done and I went back to the room I was just like I'm not I'm not going outside again I didn't go outside again for I went outside twice in 32 months Jeez. and I didn't realize it Holy at the time but again now I was making it about me and the guy that asked me to, to come out came up to my room that 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 evening and said dude Today was my birthday, and it was the coolest fucking present I've ever gotten. I got to play catch with an NFL quarterback. And I still didn't hear it. I still didn't hear it wasn't about me. I still thought, (laughs) I'm a fucking joke. I'm throwing a football in a goddamn prison somewhere in a red jumpsuit. And instead, it was about this guy who is going through uh, a shit experience, too, and it was his birthday, and he got to play catch with an NFL quarterback, and that's what made his day. I, I didn't see it. I completely see it now. It's about somebody else, not myself. But at the time, it it haunted me so much that I didn't go outside again for for like the length of my stay in prison. You should go back to that prison and go play catch with that guy again. <laughs> Just something to think about. Just something to think about. So I yeah, I don't think I think he's still there. So, yeah. <laughs> I was all time quarterback growing up, so I can get the pressures in there. I understand. Yep, that is crazy. The thought of you looking at, right, when you drive down the street and you see a prison, right? There's one up by where I live now. You drive past, you see it. I couldn't even imagine the thoughts that I would have if I was inside looking out. That, that had to be uh, quite a mental warfare there for you, honestly. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, was, it was sickening for me. Hey, all those it, things led to today, though, right? Yeah, they did. And that's why it's I, – I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever be able to tell a group of people or, or yourself or anybody that I would – that I was grateful for having spent 32 months in prison. I don't recommend it. But I am I am I am grateful for having experienced that in my life. How'd you throw it to that guy on his birthday? Pretty good. Were you slinging it in there or what? Yeah, man. I it, dude, it's like it's like a golf swing. Just learn. Just replace the left hip with the right hip. Ball just flies out. I was throwing it around yesterday at Maryland practice. You know, come on, put it. Put a jersey on me. I can play. I can play four snaps, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, Mr. Leaf, uh, what do you want to be remembered for when it's all over? Well, not, not being called Mr. Leaf on a, on a podcast. <laughs> I know that. Um, hey, you know, listen, Ryan, the, the human that just asked you that question <laughs> was tasked to put pin locations on the radio stations that we are about to broadcast in. And he got a couple states wrong. He put Colorado Springs in Utah, a pin in Utah. He put Buffalo damn near in Maine. I mean, so the person that is talking, I don't want you to think that this is a voice yeah. of any other human other than himself. All right. Yeah. It, uh, Mr. I, I just, I want to be Great remembered question. as, uh, I, uh, maybe I just, I don't, I don't care to be remembered, I guess is the best way to look at that. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't need that. I'm okay with uh, however anybody thinks of me. And in fact, what other people think of me is certainly none of my business. So um, I just want to be a good dad. I think that's the best thing that I could ever be remembered is a good father. Because mine, mine was the best. You know, my dad's a two-tour Vietnam veteran who built his own business and raised three kids and um, is my hero. So if I can be anything close to what my dad was and is to me, uh, then, that, then, I'll, then I'll be a success. 
That's awesome. Thank you, Mr. Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you think um, what, everything you achieved through football, all the success you had there, and then then everything that caused you to become a mentor to people who do fall off the tracks, don't you think that kind of makes you like the perfect candidate to be a college football coach at some point? Would you? Is that something <laughs> you think about in the future? I mean, I, I tried it, right? You know, I, I, right. I went down and coached in West Texas and I did the ultimate thing you can't do, and that's take advantage of those kids, right? I stole from them. Uh, I took their pain pills, and uh, I, I don't. I don't think a athletic director should ever trust somebody like me uh, to, because that's that's the most responsibility of any person is to be a head coach to these young men in college, because they can influence their lives like nobody else can. So, um, I, I think that the best way I can do it is to continue to go and speak on campuses and let the head coaches be the the head coaches that they are. And, uh, and and just be part of the college football uh, landscape. And I think that's my best uh, way I can contribute. And I don't know if I have the patience to be a coach mm-hmm. anymore. I just I, – I couldn't I, – I, I walk watch the coaches and I see the late nights, and it's great to watch the kids achieve and do the things, but I'm just like, I, man, I like the chance to go play golf, you know, <laughs> tomorrow. I don't want to be on the road recruiting, you know. I want to I be doing some other things. So I don't know if I have the patience for it, but I think – Everything's worked out exactly the way it's supposed to. How about whenever they had that cocktail party with ESPN? Are those situations tough for you? Well, not really. I mean, alcohol was never an issue for me. Got it. Um, but I, I don't drink. Um, I, I, I don't use any mood-altering substances at all. I, I did what I was supposed to do that night. I showed up and I mingled with my new colleagues and my bosses and showed them that I was um, – capable of, of working hard and, and being a part of the group. But then, you know, at 8.30 or whenever midway through, I was like, okay, now now I'm going to bed. Um, and other people went up and shut down the rooftop bar and things like that. And I, I, don't need, I don't need to do that stuff, right? I did enough of that stuff in my heyday. Uh, it's not things that I'm, I'm – not, I'm not in fear of missing out on anything anymore. In fact, uh, I knew I was going to have to speak the next day too. And I wanted to be the best possible version of myself while I was up there. I tell you this, I've spoken all over the country in a ton of places. And I, and I was as nervous as you, as you can get walking up to that stage. And I, I can't really remember what the hell I said, to be honest. <laughs> you were good. You were good. You were, right. Yeah, you were good. I, I, I respected it and appreciated everything you said up there. And I think you really moved some people, too. I think you had a standing ovation. I think you, yeah, yeah, you did. You had a standing ovation. It's awkward. It's awkward. I'm I still have that uh, default setting that I'm less than. I heard it for so long that I was just this piece of shit uh, that I, I'm still kind of stuck in that. It takes still, still takes time. I got to be better at accepting compliments. When I hear somebody like, "Oh, that dude's a piece of shit," I'm like, "Yeah, that that's about right. That sounds, that sounds like that's right." Um, and when somebody gives me a compliment, I'm like, "Yeah, are you, are you sure?" So I'm I'm doing better with that. It's it's you know if you if you saw me as I walked off stage and everybody started clapping and. Standing ovation, my head goes directly straight to my down. Feet. Yeah, you went yeah. straight down. Yeah, I yeah, thought I, I thought about that. I was it, like, show the it's, face. It's a, it's a, it's a muscle memory thing where I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't seem right. What they should be doing is booing me and flipping me the bird. That's what I'm. That's what's, what I'm used to, or, 
and it's not true, and I got to get better at that. Well, good. I hope you do get better at it because when I spoke at that same seminar, literally everybody sat down. When you spoke, well, you, you you asked them to sit down though. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? They stood when you spoke. That's all I'm saying. Ryan, now that the uh, dust is settled and you have some clarity in hindsight, do you have uh, like a favorite moment off the top of your head from your time in the NFL? Um, the NFL, you know, draft night. I think. I mean, my dream just, are you kidding me? This little kid from Montana with his dad being drafted into the NFL, flying on a private jet to the city that you're going to be the, 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 you know, the, the franchise quarterback at. I think that's, you know, that's the first day. That's the beginning. What I didn't do is I didn't look at it as the beginning. I kind of saw it as like a accumulation of all the things I'd worked for and I needed to start over. Um, and then there were a couple games. I mean, for whatever reason, against Denver, against Mike Shanahan teams, I I balled. There was a game at Mile High, the old Mile High Stadium, where I just, you know, uh, I let it fly through for like 300 and some yards and three touchdowns on only 13 completions, and it was just I had three. All three of my touchdowns were over 60 yards, so it was. Uh, that's one of those games I look back at and go, oh boy, that was that was a fun, cool day. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, NFL Films is sending me my my career highlights, and I'm, I'm sure it's not that long, but <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, there's going to be some awesome plays on there that I'm going to be able to show my kid one day, I think. I had a lot of Montanimals on my teams. In the Denver game was where they had to get a bunch of tickets for people. I assume you had a lot of family in the stands for that particular night as well. Yeah, it, 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 it was. Uh, Denver was the closest game. I didn't, yeah. you know, We didn't have a pro team where I'm from, so uh, I, my first NFL game I ever went to was Denver-Miami and then Denver-Pittsburgh were the two NFL games I had ever been to before I, I went to the NFL. Got to feel good. Felt bad in the prison yard. Had to feel good in the Denver Stadium, Mile High Stadium. Hey, yeah, huh? it felt good throwing that ball around against John Elway, team to go on and win the Super Bowl. You know that was that was a pretty special day for me and and the guys I got to play with. Right, I mean, I, I got to play with some great players. I played with Junior Seau. I played with Rodney Harrison. Uh, I played down in Tampa under Tony Dungy um, with um, you know John Lynch and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and Warwick Dunn and Mike Allstott. All those guys. What. A great group of guys, and I was in Dallas, and Wade Wilson was my was my quarterback coach, and I learned a lot. I was there. Uh, Darren Woodson was there. Um, Emmett Smith was my running back. I mean, pretty pretty special players in this league, and I got an opportunity to play with them. That was that was that was great. That is awesome. Last one here, Ryan. Ryan, was there ever a time that you hated the game of football, or it was like tough to watch on TV after everything that happened? Yep, there was a time that uh, uh, I didn't I didn't even look at the NFL at all i mean i may have college football's always kind of been dear to me but still it was it was toxic right and uh it's taken time and for me to get over it and the healthier i've gotten the less power it holds because i remember uh, of how much i enjoyed it and how much enjoyment it gave me and what it gave me it gave me everything it gave me my dream i mean so i get that um that football was a was a part of that, but it really wasn't the football of it, right? It was, uh, it was the outside influences that I let affect me because I'm not considered a bust by my peers, by my fellow NFL brotherhood, right? We we get together, they don't they don't look at me as a bust. They know how hard it was to get to where I was getting. The fact that I was the second pick in the draft actually holds more water with guys that played in the NFL than anybody else. The people that call me that uh, are fans and, and like media polls and things like that that are meaningless 
to me yet. I let it affect me so much for so long. And now I just, I don't, I don't, what other people think of me, I don't care about or, and it, it and it's none of my business. And that's why I think football has become such a special part uh, in my life. Once again, that has to be such a freeing feeling for you mentally. That has to be a free yeah. cause it's holding you hostage, right? All that shit's holding you hostage. Yeah, but one of the coolest things is that the NFL actually hired me about six months ago. I'm a coordinator for the NFL Legends community. So there's only 22,000 of us, Pat, right? There's only there's only 22,000 of us who have ever signed NFL contracts and we're on 53-man rosters. That's unbelievable to think that. I asked him a, a deeper question. How many years did you play in the NFL? Eight. Perfect. That was the question I asked. How many players have played eight or more years in the NFL? Guess, how, guess what that number is. Well, if 22,000 have ever played... I'm going to go down to, I'm going to say 11,000. No. 1,000. 1,000 players have played eight years or more. That's it. You're, you're one of 1,000 wow. in the world ever. I, that's, uh... yeah, you're goddamn right. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right you are. Be proud of that, brother. Hey, that's an insane stat. Because you did walk up to me immediately and have me sign up for the NFL Legends community. I was like, no, no, Ryan. I'm already an NFL legend, bud. I already get the emails. I already went and yep. did a little. Uh, there was a, a commissioner uh, yep. roundtable thing that I went to. I didn't say anything. I'll let the old head say more than I did because I didn't know much. But, yeah, I'm part of the Legends community. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a way for guys like myself to help guys transition. Yeah. Uh, because no matter if you've played 18 years and won Super Bowls or played two years, the transition is, is, is extremely difficult. And, right. um, and we need people to help guide us through that. I just, it, it didn't exist when I left, and uh, I'm so glad the NFL has is, is, is made something like this, and I'm glad I'm, I'm a part of it, and I'm a coordinator, and I can help these guys. So no one's ever as miserable as I was. I, that's, that's the main goal. And NFL Films is a pretty big part of this whole thing. I did, uh, I did like three podcasts with NFL Films. They filmed something. The, one of the head guys who used to be Sable's producer, the original yep. Sable's producer, is pretty yeah, big in the NFL. Right-hand man. So, yeah, it's, the NFL is full steam ahead with this. Tracy Perlman is uh, at the forefront with, with uh, Troy Vincent um, mandating this process. And uh, – uh, it's it's something really really special to be a part of. Yeah, I, I I circled all the all the NFL guys in the room when we were in Charlotte and got them all to sign up. So I my boss <laughs> thinks I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> boy, Ryan. Well, you are doing a pretty good job, not only at work but in life. Uh, I, I'm honored to have met you. I'm thankful you came on this show. I think people are going to really enjoy this. And although you don't want to be remembered, I hope you're a man who's remembered for changing his life and changing other people's as well. I think you're going to kick ass in the booth. Your radio show is beautiful. I'm sure these speaking engagements are going to increase as you continue to go on. Your story is a great one, brother. You can uh, motivate a lot of people. Congrats on everything, and thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Leaf. All right, that's it for today. Ryan Leaf was awesome. The announcement was cool. The future is going to be a lot of fun, and we're lucky to have all of you. Follow us and hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> at Pat McAfee Show is me. <laughs> at Viva Lazito. At Evan Foxy. At Ty Schmidt. At Nick Moraldo. At Todd McComas. <laughs> and... Uh, and at Tone Diggs <laughs> with a Z. With a Z. Uh, Tone. Yeah. A couple months. Nobody's even going to remember this. I know that. Well, it's true. <laughs> Probably a couple weeks. Please tweet us all. Tone that's, A. That's at Tone Diggs. Okay. <laughs> T-O-N-E-D-I-G-Z. It's a new uniform name on social media for our friend Anthony DeGilio. 
Tone Diggs. Imagine. Tweet us something that makes us laugh. Win some free merch. It's an easy game. Hashtag fun future. Hashtag end gang. Hashtag end game. We're giving away 10 shirts. Ooh. Make it happen. You should be one of them. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. It's a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass. After that, I grab your ass. Why you whacking on? Shine on. Why is y'all lying for? I never did this before. Stop that. What you want, some Patron? I got that. I mean, I promise y'all, you fine and all. And your girlfriend, she kinda raw. But she not like you. No, she not like you. Right now, I need you to mute all the monologue. All that talking is gone, give me your Tylenol. You put a nigga to sleep, I'm tired of y'all. Right now, the Louis Vuitton dine is signing out. But I just thought you should know, we hit the liquor store, got some Chris and some Mo, and we about to let it flow. Oh, 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 oh. Had some problems before, but see, we let them go. Got an ounce of that drove, and we about to let it blow. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you know what this is. It's a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass. After that, I grab your ass. See, you know my style. I'm very well, and I vow that my child will be well endowed like his daddy. And tell him that your mama had a fatty. He looked up at me, said, Daddy, that's the reason why you had me. Yep, we was practicing till one day your ass bust through the packaging. You know what, though? You my favorite accident. So go ahead, pop some crystal for my newborn child. Cause now, yeah, know what this is. It's a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass After that I grab your ass But I just thought you should know We hit the liquor store Got some Chris and some Mo And we about to let it flow Oh, 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 oh. Had some problems before But see we let them go Got an ounce of that drove And we about to let it flow Some home.